Welcome to Improbable Walks, the podcast that brings you to the streets of Paris wherever you are. My name is Lisa Passold, and I'm a writer and traveler who loves to walk in the city of light. Every episode, we step into history by strolling down a different block of the city, exploring buildings and people of the past and of the present. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your time and ears. If you're just discovering the podcast, please check out my website, lisapassel.com, for previous streets and more information. You can support this free podcast by visiting my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lisapassold. Today, we're walking down a very small street, the Rue Sauval, in the first arrondissement, in the neighborhood of Léal, just up from the Louvre. Rue Sauval is named for a 17th century historian. Henri Sauval wrote an epic history of the city of Paris, but it was only published 50 years after his death. The street was originally part of a larger route, which was divided by various changes in Léal over the centuries. This little street is basically what remains of a medieval route, and it was renamed for historian Sauval in the mid-1800s. For today's walk, let's start at the recently opened Pinot Collection. This is an easy-to-spot, round, domed building, which was once the Bourse de Commerce. It's located at the western end of the area once covered by the market buildings of Léal. As you may have already discovered today, Léal is a large mall and a park area. This domed bourse has become a fascinating contemporary art museum. The Pinot showcases French billionaire François Pinot's impressive art collection, which explains the odd name of the museum. The installations here change seasonally, but my favorite thing about this building is the architecture itself, which is an amalgamation from centuries of different buildings that have stood on this site. The 2020 Pinot renovation is by Japanese architect Tadeo Ando. The architect made sure to keep the most important details of the bourse, including the amazing murals and an extraordinary double staircase. In the basement are even older vestiges of the site's history. To understand all the architectural layers here, it's worth taking a tour with one of the official Pinot Collection guides. But for today, let's stay outside the impressive building and walk about halfway around the curve from the entrance. You'll come to a weird column attached to the round bourse, although clearly it's much older and in a totally different style. This is the fascinating column built for Queen Catherine de' Medici, who commissioned it for her court astronomer, Cosimo Ruggeri. This column has a narrow staircase inside, which I've never been able to visit. Please email me if you ever see the door open to visitors. There's a viewing platform at the top. The iron bell shape still visible was once roofed in glass so the astronomer could stare up at the sky. Cosimo used to watch the stars here in the 16th century, back when Catherine's palace stood on this site. Cosimo was a colorful court character. He initially appears in the history books as a teacher attached to the Tuscan delegation to Paris, but he eventually became a powerful advisor to the Queen Mother. 
He was repeatedly charged with sorcery, but Queen Catherine de' Medici kept her protege out of prison. Even today, his biography claims that he owned a magical mirror, which allowed him to predict the future. The Queen Mother was a believer, and Cosimo is credited with correctly predicting several events in Catherine's life, including details about her death. These days, the column is illuminated very dramatically at night. I like to imagine Cosimo's ghost lingering up there, keeping an eye on the stars above and on the ever-shifting politics of the city below. Let's walk directly south from Ruggeri's column. As you curve away from the round bourse, you'll see a sign for Rue Sauval, though here it's only a pedestrian path leading out of the gardens of Leal. You'll cross out of the paved park area and step down onto the corner of Rue Berger and the proper Rue Sauval. After the modern interlude that is the rebuilt Park of Leal, as you step into this street, you really start to feel the medieval roots of the city here. Step into the street and take a moment to appreciate all the angles of the different buildings. In this one block, you're looking at everything from medieval stone foundations all the way up to houseman redos dating from the mid-19th century. As you start to walk down the street, look to your left. You'll notice a beautiful turquoise blue work of street art high up on the wall with an almost Mayan snake and skulls. So far, though, street art is by definition an ephemeral work. It's lasting quite well. If you want to see a photo, check out my website. Just past the street art at number 14, there's a tragic plaque which commemorates Les Cloches d'Alle. You could translate that as the Bells of the Market. This was the name of a World War II resistance group. Here in this building in January 1941, a group of young market workers met and planned resistance actions. Unfortunately, they were discovered by the Nazis. Two men were shot outright, 13 others died in captivity, and the last of their group died in 1946. It's a strong reminder that here the resistance was largely working-class Parisians. They knew they were risking death to fight for their city. The name Cloche des Halles makes sense because the huge old market, Les Halles, had a very specific schedule. At certain times, marked by the nearby church bells, different kinds of food went on sale every day. For people living and working in the neighborhood, those bells were the most important constant of their lives. These days, the giant wholesale market is gone. It was demolished and moved out to the suburban Rangis in 1969. If you ever fly into Orly Airport outside Paris, you're not far from the new wholesale food market. The chaos and the stench of the huge food market is long gone from this part of the city. But here on Rue Sauval, every now and then walking here, you can catch a whiff of coffee in the air because there's a roaster in the street at number six selling coffee beans and espresso machines. The other addresses in Rue Sauval include some small restaurants if you need a food break. But really the main joy of walking here is the great collision of time from the tilting big stone foundations of the earliest buildings to the more modern. So pay attention to the changes in stone and building styles as you walk down towards Rue Saint-Honoré. 
There's rarely much car traffic on this Rue Sauval, but do be careful of bicycles and scooters. The street is so pretty, tourists on scooters are often distracted. When you reach the corner at Rue Saint-Honoré, first look to the left, at the intersection of Saint-Honoré and Rue de l'Arbre Sec. You'll notice a rather dirty, small stone building, sculpted to look as if the stones are melting. This corner dates back to the 10th century, and you're looking at the site of an extremely old municipal water fountain. The fountain was first established during the reign of Francis I. That's the king who invited Leonardo da Vinci to visit his French country estate. Some people even blame Francis I for da Vinci's death. The great artist and inventor died in France in 1519. But he was 67 years old, which seems a respectable age for somebody living in the early 1500s. The fountain we see today, though, is from the 1775 rebuild, created for King Louis XVI by the famous architect Soufflot. You've heard of Soufflot because he's the man who designed the great Paris Pantheon on the left bank. This building here is far less impressive, but still, it's well worth looking at the plaques. Please check to see if the fountain is working. It wasn't this past June, but I have seen it functional, so hopefully the city will get it repaired. Now, if you step back to Rue Saint-Honoré and look over at number 115 Rue Saint-Honoré, you'll see a small, traditional French pharmacy. This site claims to be the oldest still-existent pharmacy in Paris, possibly dating back to the year 1715. Its pharmacist, Rouvière, was the apothecary for the Sun King, Louis XIV. And we definitely know that this pharmacy was in business by 1760, the era of Louis XV. The pharmacy has a charming information panel painted across its shop front. The historic claims are a delight to read, and several old instruments are still on display. But it's also a completely modern pharmacy if you need to pick up band-aids or anything else. What interests me particularly about the pharmacy here, dating from the era of Louis XV, is that the king died of smallpox in 1774. Louis XV was 64 years old and had been the king of France since he was five. He had one of the longest reigns in French history. But if he had been vaccinated against smallpox, he would have lived even longer, and perhaps French history would have turned out differently for the young, ill-prepared Louis XVI. The smallpox vaccine was available. The Ottoman Empire had made the practice well-known, and the treatment against smallpox had been introduced to Europe in the mid-1700s. So why didn't the king get himself vaccinated? He felt immune, and he died of smallpox. His young heir, Louis XVI, and Marie Antoinette, and their entire family, was vaccinated. Not that it helped much against Louis XVI's fated date with the guillotine, but at least the young king believed in science. Louis XVI had a short reign, but for all his faults, he was not an anti-vaxxer. To contemplate all of these cycles of history, I recommend you walk along Rue Saint-Honoré, take a left down the Rue du Louvre, and contemplate the former palace and great museum.
The Louvre entrance here leads to the Cour Carré, a very utilitarian name that means the square courtyard. This outdoor courtyard is much quieter than the area around the Great Glass Pyramid, and it's a beautiful place to sit peacefully and contemplate the building. There's always a bit of shade, several stone benches, and sometimes there are street musicians playing for tips. You can really feel the layers of history here. If you enjoyed this improbable walk, please subscribe to the podcast. For photos and details about today's walk, please visit my website, lisapassel.com. Thank you so much for listening and for stepping into history with me. Until next time, we go strolling into Paris together.